Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast this week. I have missed you the past six days, and I'm thrilled to be back in your presence again. How are you doing? How is Etsy going? We are we are making our way through Q1, almost done with February. How that is happening, I have no idea. But I hope you are trucking along, and I hope you're in our Facebook group where you can interact and stay motivated if you're feeling... Um, if you're feeling like you're losing it a little bit, you can go ahead. If you're not in there yet, it's linked down in the show notes. You can join us in my, um, it, everyone has to be nice Facebook group. It's no negativity, no ugliness, or we boot you out. And um, we stay, there's a lot of activity in there. We take care of each other. So join us if you're needing some motivation. And the other invitation that I will extend is I am going hard on YouTube this year. Um, I was really encouraged that like my approach and my vibe is, is so different than the other YouTubers whom I love. So many of them are like some of my best friends, but that there was room at the table for me over there. And so I'm taking it seriously. And if you are not following how to sell your stuff on YouTube, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe and um, check out the videos there. I'm trying to hit some some goals, right? The YouTube, the YouTube algorithm is a lot like the Etsy algorithm. So your support would be amazing. I'll link that as well. And what else did I want to make sure and tell you? I'm I'm just like super excited for today's episode because we have the one and only Brittany Lewis of Beowulf Biz back with us today. If you don't know her, I'll have to link her last episode because she came on last year and took all of our breaths away. She is a print, I'll give her her bio here in a second, but she's a print on demand coach and she creates the most incredible testimonials from her students who take her courses that I have ever seen. There are so many wonderful print-on-demand coaches. We talk about them. Um, they come on the podcast here. I am not particularly partial to like someone over the other. Um, I think they all have something different. And what I really love is connecting you with who you need. Like You are an individual, very unique, amazing person, and you're going to connect specifically with another another person's energy, with their approach, with their attitude, with their style. And that's who I want to connect you with. But Brittany is is going to be amazing for some of you. So she's back with us. She creates mega sellers left and right. And I've never seen anything like it. So the fact that she comes and is willing to share here uh, means the world to me. Brittany is a top 1% Etsy seller with over $600,000 sold on the platform. She has been consulting other sellers for over six years and is passionate about teaching people how to scale their Etsy shops to six figures and beyond organically without paid ads or driving any traffic from social media, just like she did with her own shops. Her students are consistently seeing huge results on Etsy and proving that the potential for anyone around the world to create a full-time business on Etsy 
totally organically with print on demand is absolutely possible. So please buckle your seats. We're going to really dive into, I'm asking her different questions today. I want to hear some things from Brittany that no one's heard before because the way that she thinks fascinates me. And I'm really excited to have you scooch on in and join us for this conversation. So please help me welcome Be A Wolf Biz to the podcast. Yay. How did, how did this happen? I, we have you back. Brittany, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Of course. Anytime. I've been waiting. You've been waiting. I've been waiting. Um, No, this is a riot because I peep on you all the time on Instagram. And P.S. It's got to be at least 10 times a week. Someone's like, I can't get my designs to work. And I'm like, are you following Be A Wolf Biz? Because you're clearly not if your designs aren't working. Um, This is like, I just have an email, uh, a copy and paste that I say, go follow, go follow. (laughs) But anyway, um, there's just no one like you. Can you please refresh our memories on your Etsy story. I've already told them in the intro, like go back and listen to the last one because it's a great starting point as well. But how did you get started on Etsy? And then how did you become the queen of print on demand? Okay. So it dates back longer than I want to admit, 10 years ago now. I uh, started an Etsy shop in, while I was living at my parents' house. I didn't have a job at the time. I was having a mid-20s crisis, I always call it. And um, I decided to start selling high-waisted shorts because I was wearing them. And getting them from Goodwill, cutting them, painting on them, just having fun with it. And I realized it's probably something other girls would want to. So I tried it. I sold my first pair of shorts within 24 hours and it took off from there. I became one of the um, top Raven Festival wear Etsy shops within probably two years, I would say, uh, because that was my main audience with the shorts. And then I did everything handmade for probably five or six years. And then I discovered, yeah. I discovered print on demand. Uh, And at that time, it was a godsend. It was like the heavens opened up. I was so excited to find something like this. I thought it was too good to be true. I could stop all the production stuff. I wouldn't have any ceiling. I could just have fun and be creative and never touch another pair of shorts again in my life. And it worked out just as well as I hoped. And um, since then, it was all print on demand. I went all in. It was like the biggest sigh of relief because prior to that, I was also screen printing t-shirts. And in addition to making the shorts, I was doing all the screen printing myself. It was, it was terrible. I hated the production side of it. So the print on demand stuff happened pretty quick. I made that shift pretty fast and I had already nailed the SEO stuff, the E-Rank stuff. Did you know that already? I wanted to ask you that. Did you already know marketing and SEO when you started with the shorts? No. I had zero e-commerce experience. I had never done anything. So prior to that, I had been a makeup artist for like six years. I started when I was like 15 doing like wedding makeup and I worked at Mac. Uh, I did all this like freelancing stuff. And so I just had this very creative background. I was a barista in college. Like I did random jobs and makeup. And then I just went on to Etsy because there was that really casual vibe about it. It was just like, anybody can get on Etsy and you don't have to be an SEO expert. You don't have to have experience. And I loved how like, kind of like intuitive and, and drag and drop it was just like load that there, put this here. And so I figured I could, I could do this. I could figure this out. I could put these puzzle pieces together. Um, but prior to that, I had only ever been an Etsy shopper. I did, I had started an Etsy shop two years before the shorts one. And it was like, home decor or something. And I was, it was really bad. And I just quit that one. Never looked back after like two months of trying it. Um, so I, I failed and then I started back up cause I thought the shorts were a better idea. I was like, maybe this time it'll work. It did. 
And then just along the way, I figured stuff out along the way, like with the E-Rank thing and search engine optimization, I say it all the time. I probably opened and closed my E-Rank account eight times because I couldn't figure it out. I'd, I'd register for it and I'd be like, there's something here. I know there's all this data, like there's stuff here, but I couldn't make it work for me. I was like, it's just not benefiting me in any way. So I'd close the account and I'd go back and I'd be like, let me look around a little bit more. And maybe on the eighth or ninth time, I realized there was a single feature, which is what I teach in my master course, Top Seller Secret. There was a single feature. And if I used it in a very specific way, it like it exploded my shop. And it was so simple and so easy. And I was like, it, I'm so annoyed that no, nobody talks about this. <laughs> like even in the E-Rank group, they don't talk about it. So um, it, was, it was annoying at the time, but then now it's really special because I feel like I get to turn around and teach this very special exclusive thing to people that works for everybody. It's really something that just is such a huge unlock. And I love that nobody talks about it because I feel like it's one of those things that I was able yeah, to- Let's keep it that way for you. Let's just, let's just keep that on the- 100%. We'll keep it on the DL. How fun. Okay. So were your listings the kind that just annoy the crud out of us where there's like a picture and then there's like four words describing what it is and there's no other SEO. And I need to know when you made that sale in the first 24 hours, was that you? No, it was not. And you know why? I am, so I am pretty intuitively entrepreneurial. I Mm -hmm. always have been. When I was 11 years old, I had a detective agency and then I was doing my- Me too. uh, No, you didn't. I absolutely did. Yes. <laughs> That's so random. Who was the detective? There was the book. Who was yeah. she? Um, I know what you're talking about. Someone's screaming. Harriet. Harriet the spy. Yes. Yes. Oh, stop it. Okay. Keep going. With my friends, we would slip um, these little uh, notes into people in my neighborhood's uh, mailbox. And it said, if you need if you need anything, we're on the job. Me and my friends were like 11 years old. I can't imagine getting that in my mailbox now. Very cute, but (laughs) absolutely not. Um, So anyways, I've always had like businesses and done that sort of stuff. I'd charge my family at Thanksgiving to do their nails or pedicures or whatever. Uh, So I've always had that in me. So when I started on Etsy, I knew what I needed to do without having any prior experience or knowledge. I knew I needed to model after the shops yes. that were already killing it. Okay. And to this day, I tell people that's honestly the biggest hack ever. No one thinks about it. Nobody does it. Everybody hears me say it, but like they still don't do it. They'll be like, Brittany, how do I do this? How do I do that? Yes. I'm like, literally just- Did you look at the top five bestsellers? Because that's all, it's all right there. <laughs> in front of your face, but people are like, I don't really know what I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm looking at. And I'm like, it's just there. Just look at it. So that's what I did. And I, and I think that, um, you know, I always say demand is king. Demand is your, your top priority. And the reason why my shorts sold so well, so fast had nothing to do with SEO. It was demand. I took really good pictures because I knew to do that as well. I knew if I was shopping on Etsy, I would want to see this fantastic, bright, colorful photo of these galaxy shorts. So I knew to take really great photos to begin with. So the photo sold it. Um, The SEO probably wasn't perfect, but it did well enough to help people find me. But I didn't have ads. I didn't have perfect SEO. It was just the demand at the time. You couldn't find shorts anywhere. They weren't at Forever 21. They weren't in Urban Outfitters. There were no high-waisted shorts anywhere. I was cutting them myself. So it was that supply and demand piece to where I just had something that at the time, a lot of girls were looking for. 
Oh my gosh. It is it at the end of the day, it's still demand, but, um, but I love that. And I'm always surprised it's not intuitive, but this is, this is why it's so fun when different brains can come together because other people will have other gifts and for, it's like you and me, I look at it. It's so obvious to me. You, you yes. just go look at who's doing it right. But, um, and the biggest thing for me is why don't people teach more to look at the reviews? I feel like everything is in the reviews. Like you don't even yeah. game set match. That's beside the point. I, so in this episode, I really want to focus on mega sellers because that is what you create. That's all you create. And yes. it always, as someone else who sells a course, I pay a lot of attention to what you do. Again, you watch the people who do well. You watch the people who are ahead of you who have what you want. It's all It all translates, you guys. But I'd really like to focus on the mega seller concept and ask you, what do you think is the biggest differentiator between someone who comes into print on demand and they kill it? They are making, was it Tracy who made like 250,000 in four months. And you're like, you've surpassed me. Here's my crown. You know, was it? And then, right. So between those people and the folks who come on and they're trying so hard, they're creating hundreds of listings and they're not even getting views. They're not getting, they're definitely not getting sales. What are, can you boil that down for us? I can, I can very easily actually, <laughs> uh, because I see, I work, I've worked with thousands at this point, like one-on-one -on -one and in group settings and in top seller secret. I talk to everybody all the time. I'm always collecting data. I'm practicing what I'm preaching and I'm just learning. So I know how to teach better because my main job now I have my Etsy shop still open, but my main job, my, the thing I'm most passionate about is creating mega sellers, helping create mega sellers. Like you said, that's, that's all I care about because it changes people's lives. It's not yes. about the money. It's about the freedom for me. Uh, freedom is my top priority and my biggest life thing of all. It always has been. If I can help other people create freedom, I'm just, I'm so good with that. So um, biggest dif differentiator, like I was saying, I see it all. So I'm very, very uh, set up in a perfect position to be able to say, okay, that's not what works. That is what works. What are the what are the levers? What are the key levers that are making the difference between people doing $250,000 in four months and the people who are not? And it's everything that I teach, not surprisingly, right? The people that become mega sellers, they nail demand. You're not going to find a single mega seller that has not mastered knowing what's in demand, A, but B, knowing exactly how to present it to the customer because they know the customer extremely well. Part of mastering demand is deeply understanding your customer. I did a the live event this week uh, about mental archives, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But I was saying how uh, in that interview with Tracy, she crossed the $100,000 mark in her shop. And she said, okay, I want to do more. I know I can do better. Like this was pretty easy. I feel like I could take it up a notch. And while I was doing this interview, I could feel people were thinking she was about to say like, so I turned on ads or I started driving traffic from Instagram. And her answer to what she did when she wanted to turn up the heat and make even more than six figures, she said, I doubled down on research. I doubled down on knowing more about my customers. I doubled down on time I was spending brain priming and building my mental archive. And that everyone was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I'm like, no, that makes total sense. That's just, nothing could make more sense. So, you know, people think ads are what create mega sellers. They think traffic is what creates mega sellers. And the way that I teach Etsy specifically is leveraging the 96 million shoppers that are already on the platform. I don't teach people how to drive eyeballs to your listings. I teach you how to 
attract customers and not chase them. You don't have to do anything. Like my mega sellers don't do anything in terms of driving traffic. They simply exist in their greatness because they've mastered demand and they're providing people with what they're actually actively looking for. So the algorithm becomes their best friend because the algorithm's main job is hooking listings up that are super high demand with customers that are searching for those things that are super high demand. So as long as you're mastering that, you're saying to the algorithm, like, listen, I'm the it girl here. I'm the it seller. You got to put me in front of more people. And the algorithm says, I hear you and I see you and we're going to be BFFs. And it does like that's the <laughs> algorithm's way of that. That's the only reason it exists. Etsy wants your listings to sell too. They want you to make money as well. And the only way that you can do that is by creating stuff that people are actually looking for, that they actually want. So instead of creating shops on this basis of like, well, I like lilies. So I'm going to create a shop about lilies with lily t-shirts and lily sweatshirts. And uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to get that shop to succeed. It's like, okay, well, let's take a step back and understand, do people want lily t-shirts? You might like them, but are people searching for them actively? Is it something that the algorithm is going to actually want to show people because it's what they are looking for? Or is it seller preference and just something that you're kind of stuck on because you like it and it's not going to actually end up making you any money because nobody's searching for it, right? And that's kind of the hurdle that I face with a lot of people that they keep hitting the same wall because they make decisions based on their own preferences and based on false assumptions, things that they've learned along the way or assumed along the way that they've kind of accepted as total fact. Like you can't build a six figure shop on just organic traffic. You can't attract and not chase. You can't, you know, become a $240,000 in three months type of seller without doing these very specific things. And you absolutely can. People in my world are doing it every day. I get these DMs constantly. So part of my job, which is very tricky, is convincing people of these things and helping them turn these false assumptions around with the actual truth. And the only way that I can do that is by showing them proof. And luckily, we have a lot of it. I can say this because it's just flat data. Nobody has the testimonials you do. In fact, they can't come close. There's plenty of wonderful coaches. And I always tell people, you, you know, find who resonates with you. Because if you don't, if you don't connect with the person and be like, I believe you, I want to be like you, I agree, then you're not going to have the success. You've got to find the right person. But in terms of just on paper, you, you have the craziest stories I've seen in the industry. So, I mean, pat on the back. What are what are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing from new sellers? Like they're coming in and what are, what is what are they getting wrong all the time? Uh, everything we just talked about. Their yeah. the, their main paradigm of the way that Etsy works is completely wrong. So the moves they make based on a false paradigm is leading them to the wrong destination. So I always talk talk about if you want to get to the right destination, you have to follow the right map. You have to follow a blueprint that's proven and tested over and over again that somebody has already been there, done that, has created. And people that are kind of stubborn in their false assumptions and they're watching all these free YouTube videos where basically they're telling them the same stuff over and over again. So you can't really blame people. They're telling them, do this to get on the first page, use this SEO trick to get more eyeballs on your listings. I always say you can drive as many eyeballs to your listings as possible. It's not going to make a difference if nobody wanted your listing to begin with. Nobody wanted that design. Nobody wanted that t-shirt. So yeah, you've done really good at driving traffic and your results haven't moved an inch. So it's not about driving traffic. It's about creating really, really incredible stuff, which requires a specific skill set, just like and learning to play piano, anything else, learning to play soccer, basketball, any sport 
instrument, like think of it in terms of skills that we have to master and how that learning curve works over time, apply it to print on demand because it's no different. You actually have to build skill. You actually have to practice. You actually have to put in a good amount of effort to get out this really great result. And so I think the main, the main problem I see is people enter into the Etsy game with the wrong paradigm. They're on the wrong foundation. They think at, they think they need to master ads. They think SEO is king. They think if they can just get their SEO right, they'll make more sales. It's not at all true. You can have perfect SEO and no sales ever because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. SEO is a support beam. I've been calling it the, the supportive factor, which is great to have, but it's not going to make you sales your product and the level of demand that you have is going to make you sales. So I would say, yeah, assuming that ads and SEO and driving traffic, you know, and all the mega seller interviews that I do, the first question people ask is, did you have ads on? And are you using Pinterest? Are you using Instagram? And I love that because I love the fact that every single time, every single, single one of my mega sellers says, no, I just follow Brittany's map. And then I get to sit there very smugly. <laughs> I have somebody else vouching for me. You would never <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite thing because they don't, they don't necessarily believe me, which I understand because again, false assumptions when they're, when they're compounded so many times over and over again, you just believe it's all about ads. You believe it's all about driving traffic. I understand why people can't accept that it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so that's one of the main reasons I do so many of my mega seller interviews is just to get somebody else to vouch for it and say, no, I did not do that. Y'all. I don't know about you, but the legal stuff surrounding business really intimidates me. <laughs> like, it's not fun. It's not easy. And I generally just want to shove my head in the sand like an ostrich and hope it will go away and nothing bad will ever happen. But the truth of the matter is that we're business owners now, and that is so cool. And it takes so much courage and effort. And it would be absolutely devastating to lose it all and more, like maybe even our homes or our, our family's well-being, because we didn't take a few precautionary steps in the front end to set up our business correctly. So whether you're just getting started on Etsy or you've been selling for years now but never quite got around to the legal setup, I want to make sure you know about attorney Paige Hulse and her creative law shop. Paige used to be an Etsy seller just like us, which I freaking love because she gets us, she understands the nature of our business and the Etsy platform so well, like so much better than, you know, some local attorney who maybe understands like, you know, general law. She's the one person that I trust for myself and that I trust to take care of you guys for like any entrepreneurship needs. Like, or by the way, equestrian as well. If you happen to be a horsey person like she and I are, she's got a specialty there as well. So first off, I want you to know about some free resources. Um, Paige was on the podcast three times so far. So if you look for episodes 36, 61, and 86. Um, great free advice there. You can learn some of the basics from her of how to protect your, your business, how, the way you need to set it up correctly. Um, she's an absolute doll and she's smart as a whip. And also like you're going to love the easy way that she breaks down like complicated legalese. Like I can actually, I can actually focus on what she's saying and not go blank because it's so technical. Um, you're going to love her. And also this is really important. I want you to know that she's available if you, um, especially in the United States, of course, like if you run into legal trouble or if you need to register a trademark or you have some other issue with your business that requires legal advice, um, you can just search for Paige Hulse Law. Hulse is spelled H as in horse, 
U-L-S-E. And I'll also have her sites, um, you know, of course, linked in the show notes for you guys. And most importantly, I want to make sure you know about her creative law shop because it can save you boatloads of money. Um, It's literally like a template shop for for like legal documents, the kind of things that we need all the time. So in many instances, you can just purchase a legal template from Paige directly from her site that will protect your business for a fraction of the price that you'd pay for hiring an hourly attorney. And it's going to be written a million times better than something free off of the internet. Like the stories she's told me about trying to defend people who grabbed a free like contract of some kind off the internet because they didn't want to spend the money. And then like it it cost them everything like they thought they were safe. But those templates are not written well and they're not written specific to like the Etsy entrepreneur. So she has so much in there. You can get everything from your LLC contract, which is super critical, a multi-person LLC agreements for partnerships if you work with more than one person in the LLC, special provisions for your Etsy shop policies if you really want to cover yourself there, affiliate agreements, influencer contracts, photography releases, and so much more. There's literally over 80 contracts available plus um, additional free resources. Her blog is incredible. And there's a lot of educational tools, like some even for purchase if you want to take like a course learning some basic business law stuff. So check it out. If you need to order something from the Creative Law Shop and you want a bit of a break on the price, you can use my coupon code SMILEY10. That's all lowercase, S-M-I-L-E-Y and the number 10, and you get 10% off and hopefully that will help. So just go to shopcreativelaw.com and there are a ton of resources waiting for you. My hope and prayer is that you'll never need to fight a legal battle, but just like we have fire insurance and car insurance for a reason, setting up your business the right way now can save you from a lot of pain later. So I really trust Paige to help you out. Okay, I'm going off script because I'm famous for it. Um, Do people call it like what you teach woo-woo? Like, are they just like, because I know know you are only strategy, but- it's when I, when someone hears this yeah. and they think, well, that's kind of pie in the sky. Like, great, we're going for demand. That feels very elusive. That's like finding the albino fawn in the woods. I don't know. Talk to me about that. Because I, do you get? Do you hear that? Uh, I don't hear it, but I know that's why a lot of people don't follow me. And it's just kind of like what you said. If you follow the coaches you resonate with, the reason why so many coaches on YouTube are so popular is because they're telling people what they want to hear. They're giving them the ad strategies. They're giving them the clickbait. They're giving them the do this and you'll get on the first page of search. That doesn't create mega sellers. That's why they don't have the testimonials I have. That's why it doesn't work for them. And that's why it keeps people chasing. They're like, oh, maybe this little trick will work. Maybe this little trick will work. But that's what they believe to be the thing. If only they can find that right thing, the tactics are what's going to get me there. So I know for a fact that a lot of people find me and they hear what I have to say and they say, "Hmm, you know, like maybe, but I'm not really convinced. It feels better for me to chase after with these tactics because it gives me a greater sense of control to do that. They don't want to take the time to build the skill, to become masters of demand, to do the brain priming and the mental archive building. They want the tactic that's going to take them from zero to 100K or even zero to a couple hundred bucks uh, in a couple days. And that keeps you in a loop because ultimately it's not what it's about. If you look at every single mega seller, like I said, there's not a single one that has not mastered demand. There's no way around it. There's no shortcutting it. There's no proof that you can give me that says otherwise. So I think that there is a huge epidemic of tactic and strategy pushing these like quick hacks and and quick things that you can do to get more sales 
that people gravitate towards naturally because it makes sense with the way that they believe things to work, except for the fact that the way that they believe things to work isn't the way that things work, but it's just what they've been programmed to believe. So I fight a battle. This is definitely my job is a battle. I talked about this the other day on one of my lives is that I understand that I don't give people what they want. And because I don't do that, more people in my world are winning. The people that trust me, the people that say, okay, like it sounds hard. It sounds difficult. It's not the fast hacks I'm looking for, but I'm on board because it resonates with something that I believe is probably true. And they've seen the proof. Those people that actually just have faith in the process and are willing to put in the work. That's why this is called be a wolf biz. It's not, you know, be a a hack, be a hacker, find the tactics biz. You know, it's not about that. It's about the long game. And like I said, I'm here to get people freedom. Making 500 quick bucks on Etsy does not unlock a life of freedom. Like I have people buying houses in Hawaii, getting a new car, taking their family on vacations to Disney World with their revenue from joining Top Seller Secret and exploding their shops. I have people getting actual life freedom and paying medical bills, paying off their college tuition, like life-changing things. I'm in this to change lives, not to get you a few hundred extra bucks. So I'm willing to hurt people's feelings. I'm willing to take the harder road, which is telling people what they need and not what they want to hear. Uh, I'm willing to do all of those things because it's what's actually transformative long-term as opposed to short-term satisfactory. That's, that, that short-term satisfaction is never my aim. And I do hurt a lot of people's feelings. And I do say things that turn people off because it's not what they want to hear. And I welcome those people to stay or leave. You know, my door is open either way. Um, I'm going to continue doing the work that I'm doing as long as it's working for people. I just had such a revelation because, you know, I, I look at all this from even a different perspective than just Etsy because... I'm not just trying to increase my Etsy sales. I'm trying to lead a group of people. And so I look at the coaches and I try to figure out what is this person about? What is this and what's different? And I think I just got language. Other coaches, and it's fine. They're, they're, they're focused on teaching just a how to you've said this. I'm just using different language. You are, are changing the person. (laughs) they're teaching them how to do something. You're teaching them how to become. So there's the doing and then there's the becoming. And and any of us who've been entrepreneurs long enough know that doing only gets you so far. It's kicking tires. And I'm not criticizing. I'm actually really passionate about not criticizing anybody in a space there. Everyone's got a purpose. I just like to identify what makes people different so that, because you know what I love to do? I love to be the the traffic director. I want to be like, you know what? You need be a wolf biz. You know what? You need this person because you need this piece. I like being that person, but, but Brittany, you are doing much harder work because what you're teaching isn't going to just help them on Etsy. It's going to teach them how to thrive in life. Yes. Yes. But like, I'm, I think I just realized what's the big difference and also why it feels elusive because you have to have the free will of the person. Yes, exactly. Come into agreement with where you're trying to take them. You'll lead them. You're, are we allowed to use Sherpa? You're a very equipped Sherpa for the, for the journey, but they've got to trust you to go up the steep. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Right. And that's challenging. That's a big challenge. Like I said, that's why it's called be a wolf. That wolf mentality is, is what it takes. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who want the quick cash. It's not for everybody. It's for the people that are true wolves. And that's why all my mega sellers, I'm like, that's, that's wolf behavior right there. Um, We've mentioned this twice now. Tell me why you named your business be a wolf. What is the wolf to you? Who are um, wolves? Because it's going to help people fi- figure out you're their person, you know? Yeah. So I am obsessed with the vibe of wolves. I just have to, I, I really never have been able to summarize this in words because it all, it's all about the way that the wolf is just as, as a being, like it's so strong, but it can be so soft. And seductive. And it's, yes. It's got this seduction. It's got this mystery, but it's very ferocious and fierce and, it could be alone. It can be in a pack. It gets shit done. Like wolves just get shit done. And I think with wolf mentality, like uh, the reason why I named my business this as well is because a lot of what people assume about Etsy is that it's this very soft women only sort of like hobby website, you know, like sell your crochet items on there, which is fine. It's great that that's super fun for a lot of people, but I wanted to position myself to where people knew immediately from my, my brand name that, yeah, we use Etsy, uh, we're on Etsy, but this is about something entirely different. And it's a lot more ferocious than the crochet tutorials. And I'm not shitting on crochet. I'm just, yeah, yeah. um, I'm just saying it's, it's about life freedom. I keep coming back to that. It's about that wolf mentality. It's about, expansion. It's about changing who you are, evolving who you are, expansion. Ferocious is just the best word, I think. Mm -hmm. And and I think I myself, my personality is very intense. Uh, I'm very passionate. I'm very driven. And I I think like the the idea of, of wolves really encompasses all that as well. No BS, bottom line. My favorite lives to get on with you is when people are griping about something that just happened and you just like rip us a new one. Just like, you're not acting like wolves. Like this is not wolf thinking. Yes, Everything is figure outable. Like it's the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've been on lives actually yelling before. Yes. Probably more time more than once. They're my favorite. Um, yeah, and I think that even me, like I can use that type of butt kicking every once in a while too, because when you're doing the entrepreneur thing, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own head. You're by yourself all the time. You're doing this stuff. Usually people are doing it completely alone. So you get wrapped up in your fears. You get wrapped up in your limiting beliefs. You're telling yourself the same stories and the same narratives and you're blocking yourself. And every once in a while, it's extremely helpful to get somebody to go, listen, you, you're giving away your power. Like you're so much better, more powerful and more capable than you're behaving. Uh, and I love being the person to be able to do that for people. I think it's funny because I'm, I am so Mary Poppins. Like I'm, I will tell people the truth and I get away with it because I do it with like the gentlest, like smile on my face. You know what I mean? Like I'll tell them the tea, but I'll get there real carefully where, and you are just like, no, but, um, I'm really drawn to people like you or like Gary V or, um, uh, Alex Hermosi, like who are so bottom line because at the end of the day, I'm here for results. And so, whereas my style is to be gentle, still tell you the truth, but you're just, you just don't pull any punches, but I told, I've taken you down a rabbit trail, which I, I apologize, but can we like, oh, actually, this is perfect for you to rant about. I hope we get a classic Britney rant. We hear a lot about the t-shirt space being really saturated. 
because there's a lot of sellers in the print on demand space, obviously focused on t-shirts. I'd love your thoughts about that. And if you're actually like, and also, you know, like leveling with people, like, is this a problem? Is this a thing? And also the issue, um, which is an objection I've given before I've been talked out of it, but what about the margins on, you know, on selling t-shirts and what you actually take home? Could you talk about those, uh, those issues that we hear come up a lot? Yeah, I'm glad you're asking this. These are two specific subjects I have been addressing over and over and over again because I got an influx of people. Really? Yeah, just within the last couple months saying, you know, you teach this, but it's oversaturated. You teach this, but nobody's making any money from it, blah, blah, blah. And and once again, I, I love when people come at me with false paradigms because I have receipts. I have proof. Yes, have, you have the receipts. Well, not only have I lived it myself, but I'm working with people that are proving that stuff to be wrong every day. What I have noticed in my observations of these people who claim the oversaturation thing, this is not the case for everybody, but most people I found use the oversaturation reason the most to not do something that they know they probably should be trying. The oversaturation is their go-to because it's like, if it's oversaturated, it means I don't have to go for it. And I can so they're scared. Them. They're scared. Okay. Yes. So that's what I see most of all. And the profit margin thing is the same thing. People want to do it. They want to believe me. They want to, they want to go for it, but they, they're like, they don't even realize they're fighting with themselves because they're really scared to try it. They do not want to fail more than anything. These people do not want to fail. So they will literally fight. It's like, they're defending this thing. And I'm like, you're not even doing it. Why are you fighting me on this? But then I realize it's, they're trying to protect themselves and I'll fight back because I'm like, no, you need to do it because you obviously want it. So let me tell you all the facts. And um, the fact of the matter is, is print on demand saturated? That's such a weird thing to even say, because first of all, there's tons of different products you can sell and new products are coming on all the time. But people love to say the t-shirt space is oversaturated, which I also think is weird because there's a million different niches within the t-shirt space. So yeah, if you're selling t- shirts that say Merry Christmas in green and mama. red. Yeah, mama. Yeah. Mama. Um, like yeah, a dog mom, you know, like all of these, like, yes, it's going to be oversaturated. It's going to be a bad idea. And that's why people, they go onto Etsy, they see all of these designs similar to this sort of thing. They, they throw their hat in the ring with a mama shirt of their own. And when it doesn't sell, they're like, it's oversaturated. Etsy doesn't work. I quit. And it's like, well, you you had absolutely no strategy. You didn't gain any skill. You didn't do any research. You just tried to replicate what you're seeing already exists. Of course that didn't work. Right. So there's a lot of people that just want a really solid reason why it doesn't work. So they don't have to make it work. But the thing I've been saying recently, and this is, I give a lot of tough love. This is probably the toughest love that I've, that I've been given. It is, um, that I've been giving, I should say, is that people will say it didn't work. I tried all this stuff. Etsy sucks. It's not for me. What I've been saying is if you are doing this and you're not putting in the work, you're not building skill, you're not becoming a mega seller. You're just trying to make mega sales. It's not that Etsy sucks. It's that you still suck. <laughs> you That's haven't coming. It's you haven't built the skill. It's like picking up a basketball and expecting to shoot it like Michael Jordan. And when you don't get Michael Jordan level results, you're like, 
basketball sucks. It's not for me. It's like, you didn't put in any effort. You didn't do any of the stuff you're supposed to do. You didn't go through any of the tension and the learning curve, which is required and designed to make you into the person that is required for you to be in order to be able to sustain the results you're going to get when you become that person. Right. So it's like, we, we try to avoid the learning curve. People try to avoid any tension. They want to pick up the basketball and shoot it like Michael Jordan and put no effort into any of it. And that doesn't logically make any sense to me. It doesn't add up that people don't see print on demand as a skill. It really doesn't add up that people want to make multi six figures a year and think that they're not going to have to work for it to get good in order to get those results. Like that's huge money. That's incredible life freedom. The fact that you don't think you're going to have to make sacrifices and that you're owed sales by Etsy because you decided to open a shop and put some listings up is bananas to me. Like that is something I will never understand, but it truly is. I'd say the majority of people think that Etsy owes them sales. Listen, I opened a shop. I put up listings. I've tried a couple things. Where are my sales? And it's like, I don't understand that because you get the level of results that you deserve, the level of work you put in, the quality of the work that you put in the skill you build and the commitment you have to your expertise overall to becoming that mega seller. That's what makes the difference. And and I just remembered something I was going to say to your point a while back when we were talking about um, the becoming instead of the The doing. Yeah. Um, I actually have a post on Instagram where I, the headline, it was a little clickbaity, but it says why I no longer teach how to, how to, or no, why I no longer teach how to create sales on Etsy. And if you go through the carousel, I talk about how I'm retiring in terms of the the how, the how-to type of guru. And I'm not teaching people how to build six-figure shops anymore. I'm teaching people how to become six-figure sellers. Yes. I have zero interest in helping you build a six-figure shop. I'll help you build a six-figure, multi-six-figure shop, of course. But I'm only interested in building those six-figure sellers because if I could build those six-figure sellers, they're going to create the six-figure shop and they're going to be able to sustain those six-figure results over time because they've become the person they need to be with the skill set and the knowledge that they need in order to play the long game. Again, I'm not interested in the short game. I'm interested in developing sellers' brains. I'm not interested in their shop. The shop will take care of itself. It's such an afterthought. Like results are such a byproduct thing. People focus on them so much and they're just something that literally magically happen when you're so focused on the right work. But people are so focused on creating the sales that the right work is like a side thing to them. They're like, oh yeah, there's that, but like, where are my sales? And it's like, you stop focusing on sales altogether and you only focus on the right action. What can I do today to become better, to know my customer better, to double down on my research, to understand how to be better at creating designs that people are actually actively looking for. The sales start happening and you're like, this feels crazy. This feels effortless because I wasn't even stressed about the sales. I have one-on-one students that tell me this all the time. They work with me, they start getting sales and they're like, Brittany, I wasn't even trying. And I was like, no, you were trying. We were tr- we've been trying very hard at the right action. You just stop thinking about results. And so it feels like you weren't trying, but all you've been doing is trying it's just the right action. It's where your focus has been. You haven't been thinking about the results. That's why they happen. It's it's crazy, but it truly is the way that it works. No, no, no. You know, this, this, I'm always trying to think about how do I help people who are feeling a lot of desperate energy around their business? And I have been there. I, I go through phases now where I have to be like, hey, you are bringing 
a lot of high beta to this and we need to get back to, we need to regulate here. Let's get out the, you know, the love tuner peace pipe thing and let's just chill, let's meditate. And so I really understand in our world today, there is, there are so many problems and people feel very desperate and panicked a lot of times coming to this. But the issue is, if you look at any one hit wonder, I'm transitioning to music for a millisecond here. They couldn't, their biggest fear, or you see an author publish their first hit. They go into a deep depression because Mm -hmm. they are terrified they can't do it again. And what does it mean? And who are they? What is their identity? What does it mean about them if they just peaked? And so what you're doing is you're giving a much bigger gift because great, make a couple hundred extra dollars to fix. I'm not, I'm not, I understand that's life-changing for some people, but what's really life-changing is realizing you can do it again and again and again right. and grow it and grow it and magnify it and and it goes into multiplication it, because that's what that's mm-hmm. what takes you from a desperate place to an abundant place. It's what puts you in your power. Yes. That's what's happening is it takes you from the powerlessness of how do I do it? Am I going to be able to replicate it? Am I good enough? self-sabotage uh what is it called when you're when you don't when you feel out of place because you think you don't belong there oh um uh, imposter syndrome are you looking for that one yeah people get imposter syndrome a lot even with print on demand they're like what if i start making sales i'm not somebody that knows how to make sales and it's like we got to get people over those sort of humps and um powerlessness i believe is the most dangerous place to be as a human being, but also as an entrepreneur, most mostly as an entrepreneur, because you can't create anything when you're out of your power. The stuff that you make when you're not in your power and, and telling yourself the stuff that's true about yourself, uh, as opposed to all the doubts and the fears and the preconditioning stuff that's going in your on in your head, uh, you can't get to anywhere that you want to go from there. So when people are like, I'm not sure I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like, well, we can't get you to six figures from there. We can't get you to anywhere from where you're at. So we have to work on where you're at and, and switching your paradigm, your thought process, your mental perspective first. And that's why people say like, I don't want the mindset. I just want the tactics. And I'm like, you can get all the tactics in the world, but until you address the mindset, the tactics aren't going to work at, at least not long-term. And the way that I've been describing mindset lately that I think is really eye-opening for a lot of people, it was really interesting for me to discover as well is when we say mindset, it's so like such a buzzword. It's so annoying to most people. It's so boring to a lot of people as well, but that does not compute to me at all. I'm obsessed. I don't understand why nobody, why nobody clicks on anything called mindset. Keep going. But I just, it, yeah. I don't understand. Does not yeah. compute. <laughs> I think natural entrepreneurs, they just get it because they know that's the starting point. I think um, people that you have to kind of hold their hand to get there that may not be so naturally entrepreneurially inclined. Those are the right words in the right order. Yeah. Um, You have to kind of do a little bit of convincing because they think, show me the doing, show me what I have to do. But it's like, you got to think correctly first and then do. And that brings me back to the way that I look at mindset is where your mind is set. It's the paradigm you're starting from. It's the perspective that you're coming from. And mindset is not 
positive thinking that has something to do with it. But for me, like, I'm not a positive thinker. I don't have to tell myself positive things. I'm not a negative thinker. I'm just neutral. I'm just doing whatever I have to do to get to where I want to go and trying to enjoy it as much as I can along the way. Of course, I love, I, I talk about this all the time. It's so important to have fun and enjoy what you're doing, but I don't see mindset as like positive thinking. I see mindset as where your mind is set because the way you think determines the way that you make decisions and the choices that you make. And I think the differentiating factor, going back to what we talked about in the beginning between non-mega sellers and mega sellers, the only difference is the choices that they make. Their ability to make really incredible decisions, micro decisions on a day-to-day basis. It's like, what are they doing so differently from me? Why am I not winning? They're making better decisions. They're, They're making more focused decisions. Their mind is set in a more powerful place, their perspective is, it's more, uh, it's more focused in the right areas where it should be. Like I said, they're, they're trying to master demand. They're trying to focus on their customer. They're not thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about results. They're not thinking about me, 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 me. What do I want to do? What do I want to sell? What do I want to look like in front of my friends and family? They're just like, how do I give my customers more of what they're looking for and make them happier and have more fun while I do this? And so mindset is where your mind is set in terms of your perspective and your focus, which allows you to make better decisions on a daily basis, which leads you to better results. Your results are just a byproduct of your decision-making abilities. And people don't get that. They think mindset is like, oh, I can do it. If you can dream it, you can believe it, you can do it. And like, to me, that's not what mindset is at all. Mindset is about your perspective so you can make better decisions and you can end up in better places because the choices that you're making are much higher quality because you have a much more laser focus. Do you know what's bananas about that is you are you are contributing to creating more equity in more ways than anyone even could begin to appreciate. Do you know what I mean? If you're pulling people up to the same starting point in their mindset, that is true equity. That is crazy pants. I'm, this is such, this is a really fun conversation, Brittany. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm like, where do I want to go from here? I know. Um, it's a big conversation. We could spend it, all day here. I, we should do like a double feature. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Would you... Oh. Do you have a student you're really proud of right now? I'm just going to go there. Is there somebody whose story, like fire us up, tell us, blow our minds with one of your 10 million stories because it's ridiculous how many you've got. Well, if anybody does want to read the whole list, I have the hall of fame. It's uh, com forward slash mega dash seller dash stories. So beawolfbiz.com mega seller stories. My most recent one that I love, she slid into my DMs. Actually, I love when people, it's my favorite thing, actually, when when my followers DM me from the beginning, when they don't even have a shop yet, when they're asking questions and they're sort of like, I don't know if this is for me. I'm kind of unsure. And I get to follow like their whole thing. And I slowly start to start to see they respond to stories or something. And they're like, this resonates. This is awesome. This is that I got my first sale or whatever. They kind of like give me little bits and pieces along the way. And this is the case. I'll call her Samantha. I'll keep her anonymous. Um, But Samantha had messaged me back in 2022 and she couldn't afford Top Seller Secret at that time. And she was like, I'm saving up for it. I'm really excited. I totally believe in everything that you do. I'm in wolf school. Your mindset and motivation stuff is my favorite. And when people say that, so people say two things uh, to kind of clue me into the fact that they're going to be a, a mega seller. That's the first one when they're really, really 
loving my mindset and motivation content. I have a whole week of that dedicated uh, to mindset motivation in my monthly membership Wolf School. And, you know, she didn't talk about the trends or anything else. She just, which is helpful as well. But she said the mindset and motivation content is really resonating with me. Then the second thing people say is, Brittany, I am obsessed with research. When I hear people tell me that they're obsessed with research, I'm like, matter of time. It's just a matter of time until I get your testimonial. I can tell their trajectory by those two things. Um, same thing with the opposite way. If people are like, ah, I don't really need the mindset stuff. Or they say like, uh research is fine, but like, I don't really feel like I need to do a lot of it. I'm like, okay, come back to me in six months and tell me how far you've gotten. Like, it really is that, that much of an accurate predictor of trajectory, those two things. Um, so anyways, Samantha says, you know, I appreciate your mindset stuff. And then somewhere around 2023, she was super excited. She was able to get into a uh, top seller secret. And then by the summertime of last year, she sent me screenshots of her shop started exploding, like doing very, very well. And she, again, said the mindset content, like your st strategy inside Top Seller's Secret has been incredible, but the mindset stuff, it helps me double down. It helps me keep going. And I've continued to scale. And then in January, January 15th, she sent me a DM and she said, Brittany, this is life-changing. And the screenshot was her revenue for the last 15 days. So between January 1st and January 15th, she did $20,000 in her shop in 15 days. And this is someone who had just, who has been on Etsy for a year and was in Top Seller Secret in Wolf School and just had her head down the whole time. She was so focused on making it happen. And she was so dedicated to the process. And she was so committed just the whole time. Like she DM me multiple times. I love reading through the text that I did um, just the other day. Cause it was recently that she texted me this or messaged me this and she's continued to do well, like month after month after month, she just keeps doubling her own, uh, her own best score. And it's really incredible to watch because it is, it's everything that I teach in action. I love when people follow my content that closely because uh, they really begin to experience things in a way that they've, they've never experienced before in their life because they trusted the process. So that's my, my latest favorite mega seller story for sure. And it's one that again, she didn't use ads. She wasn't driving traffic. She leveraged the 96 million shoppers on Etsy. She trusted it was enough. And she, all she focused on was mastering demand and becoming more of an expert in what people want and delivering it to them. It wasn't even Q4. It was, the first, everyone's broke the first two weeks of January. Are you joking right. me? That's right. Yeah. That's another excuse. People are always like, oh, January is so slow. It's, it's horrible. And that's true. Like for the most part, a lot of people aren't shopping in January, but this is a world of what, 8 billion people. Like there's plenty of people that are shopping. And if you're mastering demand, you can do this at any point of the year. There's not, there's not a problem there. All right, guys. So as you know, I've been on a print-on-demand journey with my new Etsy shop. I opened just a while back, and I'm having the best time ever and learning so much. But I really wanted to give you a little update and tell you how sold out I am 
for Printify as my print-on-demand provider. So they were my go-to in the very beginning because my POD experts all told me that they were the way to go. And Printify has not disappointed me a bit. I'm very happy with the quality of the products that, that are going out. The turnaround time has been good. I love their interface and I feel like it's very user-friendly and integrates well with Etsy. I am super happy with the margins I'm bringing in, especially using Printify Premium compared with the other print-on-demand providers. So it's just been a win-win all around. Basically what happens is this. So I set up a listing mostly over on Printify and I have it all synced up with my Etsy shop. So over on the Printify site, I get the product all ready to go with my design properly placed, all the colors I want selected, the title written, the description written, and the correct pricing and shipping already in place. Like it's all done on Printify. The only thing I don't sync is the product photos because I create, of course, all of my own mock-ups for a better quality. So then I click publish over on Printify and within about a minute, the product shows up over in my Etsy shop listings as an active listing. At this point, it's live. So then I go right away over there and I upload my product photos <laughs> and any other graphics that I need. I set my categories shop section and tags, like all the things that I have to do over on Etsy. And usually I'll link my variations to a corresponding picture in my photo gallery. So I'll give it a quick once over and then click publish again on Etsy so that my updates will show to everyone who sees the listing. The great thing about doing it this way is that when an order comes in, within one to two hours, typically the order then syncs over to Printify back again. And so all of the product and customer details are there. And Printify just makes it crazy easy <laughs> to run my print on demand shop. I can't believe it. Like, Golly, after making, you know, wood signs for six years, this is a dream. So Printify has over 850 products to choose from. You can customize and create new designs to your heart's content. And the best part is you don't have to worry about keeping an inventory or shipping products yourself. <laughs> Printify handles all of it for you. And seriously, their production costs are unbeatable. So if you're considering print on demand, give Printify a try. I recommend it. Feel free to grab my link in the show notes waiting for you. And if you use my code... Lizzie Smiley, which is no spaces, all caps, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-S-M-I-L-E-Y, you can get 30 days free of Printify Premium, which gets you even lower production costs. So again, that's Lizzie Smiley, no, cap, no spaces, all caps. It's an absolute steal, and I always use Printify Premium. So the whole experience getting going in print demand has been wonderful. I love it. 10 out of 10 recommend. And I hope this helps you with the production partner decision if you're on the fence and planning a shop as well. I'm excited for you. Okay, so let's talk about how you teach that's different. Um, do you know if you want to do like a little overview of the mental archive because I geek out about that yeah. or if you want to talk, I don't even know if you want to talk about trend immersion, any of it, I, I will say, I get what, what is so strategic about what you teach is that some people say, and you're going to talk about, it, I'm sure here in a minute, the trend immersion, but, oh, but you know, how does that actually resonate? How does that actually translate into actual, uh, actual skills? And I would, I'm just want to let you go after this. This is why I'm going to say this now. And I was thinking about this. I was like, I want to put this into language because it's very, very tangible actually, it just doesn't seem like it at first. When someone wants to learn a new language, they immerse themselves in a new culture, in a new place. My toddler right now, is ta it's taking some time. He's not going to learn it in a second, but he's immersing himself and he's practicing and he's just absorbing. And by nature of just being immersed, he yeah. becomes someone who speaks or we become someone who speaks French or we become, and, and I'm just like, that is 
thank you, God. Like that is exactly the click that I needed to understand why it works. Because that's always the question. Why does that work? I don't understand how this is going to just, because that's what immersion does. So I just wanted to say that and take it from there. But yeah, so this is where I light up. Like this is my favorite thing to talk about because it is the unlock. Uh, And I do want to add too, for everybody listening, we have sort of talked about this, like mastering demand and becoming the expert. And it sounds very pie in the sky or woo woo, as you would say, but every single thing that I teach, I've got a strategic basis for. I teach people how to do it in a very step-by-step way. So I say like, oh, tactics don't matter. Strategy doesn't matter. It actually does matter very much, but only when it's interlinked with your commitment to becoming more of the expert and implementing this tactics and strategy while simultaneously mastering demand and doing the research and the brain farming and the mental archive stuff. So I have lots of strategy. I've got the E-Rank strategy, the SEO strategy. I have ways of doing things that are very, very intricate and specific. They're not complex, they're very easy and straightforward, but I do teach that stuff. I want to make that very clear. But in terms of immersion, I really, really like that word because I, I always say, you got to drown in the research, which is another way of saying immerse yourself in it. But like, if you feel like you're drowning in it, this is how I got so far so fast when I first opened in 2014. So with my high-waisted shorts, I was on, I used Pinterest because there wasn't really, Instagram wasn't huge yet back then. Uh, And now I teach how to, like my research revolution course teaches you how to leverage Instagram for brain priming or understanding what's in demand. So you can have an exclusive um, specific account of your own made just for trend spotting that you check every morning, like the, like the newspaper, right? You scroll through the feed, you get inspired, you go design or you don't, or you save it for later, whatever. Um, so Instagram, Pinterest, and Etsy are my top research platforms. And, um, I teach people to be in line at the grocery store, looking at your Pinterest feed. Like people think they need spreadsheets and to sit down four hours a night. When I say research, they're like, ugh data and spreadsheets and all this and all that. I'm like, no, it's literally looking at like illustrations on Instagram. Like it's the funnest, easiest thing. And because it's so fun and easy, people think they're not being productive. And that's why most of the time I can't get people to do it for as long as they should be because they're like, I feel guilty. I'm sitting here watching Grey's Anatomy scrolling on my phone and it feels like I'm not working and I feel like I'm not really doing anything. And what I have to convince people of is even if you're not saving stuff, if you're just literally letting your eyes absorb details of stuff that's in demand, you're building your mental archive and your mental archive, for those that don't know, it's a, it's like a place in your subconscious that stores information about what's currently in demand. So when I sit down and I'm doing design edits for somebody, like they give me their, I do this in Wolf School, my, my membership, they give me their designs in Canva and I, in front of them, do edits on the design. People say all the time when I do this, they're like, Brittany, it's so effortless for you. You do it so easy. I want to be able to sit down and see what's wrong with the design and fix it as fast as you do because you're like a robot. It looks like it's not, you're not even trying. And I tell them it's not magic. It's my mental archive. It's because I've spent so long doing the right research in the right places and immersing myself in what's currently in demand that my brain makes the connections without me having to try to make the connections. I don't sit down and look at a design and be like, oh man, what am I going to do? I'm just like, and to me, even it feels like a robot. It feels like something takes over and starts doing the work for me because it's my subconscious that clicks into play and all the connections that I've made in the time that I've been researching not making spreadsheets or doing anything crazy, writing stuff down. Like I'm just absorbing information. It makes, it creates connections and um, it makes your abilities 
to design, to be able to, to create things that people are actually actively looking for, that's where that work is done. That's where it actually happens. But you've got to be immersed in it. It has to feel fun as well. If it's not fun, if you feel like you're not doing the right things or looking for the right stuff, I tell people in that case, you're too attached to your results because people will do research and they're thinking, okay, what am I looking, what can I see that's going to help me make more sales? What can I find that's going to help me make more sales? And they have this attachment to results. You have to completely detach from your results and say, this is cool. Oh, this is nice. Like, "Mm, that's interesting. They use that color combo. Like you're just like playing unless you're playing, you're not going to be building in your mental archive in the way that you need to. You can't research in order to try to make sales. You can't really do anything in order to try to make sales and have it be effective, which is so, that's the hardest part for most people because everything they do, they're so attached to the sales. It's like, well, will this get me sales faster? Will this get me sales faster? And print on demand especially requires such a high level of creativity and openness and flexibility that if you're so attached to just results, you don't have enough internal space Creativity requires space. It requires playfulness. It requires that you're having fun. Most people are too locked down because they're too attached to outcome. So this is a really interesting, also gigantic conversation I could go on for hours with. Uh, But in terms of researching and, and building your mental archive, it's just about getting stuff in front of your face. You can't do it wrong. You don't have to research t-shirts, even if you're a t-shirt shop, you can research anything, home decor, mugs, illustrations, uh, literally stickers, anything, right? You can, you can research anything in order to understand the types of trends that are aesthetically pleasing to people that are emotionally connecting with people. All of this type of information is going to directly contribute to what we keep talking about, which is building your expertise, growing your, your mental archive, helping you to become the mega seller. Going back to what Tracy said, after knowing everything I just said about research, when Tracy wanted to go from 100K to even more because she knew she was capable of it, what did she do? She didn't turn ads on. She went back to the research. She kept just absorbing information, learning more about her customers, building her mental archive, and it worked. So this is not just to say like, oh, just go have fun and look at stuff. It's like you're actively doing something that's more important than maybe anything else to your ultimate success when you're doing this type of work. And it's not something that is pie in the sky either. I have, like I said, my research revolution course shows you exactly what to look for, exactly the types of accounts to follow, exact blueprint to becoming a really good researcher. So you're actually getting the information that you need and having fun while doing it. And once you learn how to do it, you can then relax and say, okay, well, I know how to do this now. So I don't have to worry about not knowing how to do it while I'm doing it. And now I can actually get into the most important work. Yeah. (laughs) I need another hour. (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. I I know. I know. And I'm like, I'm just hoping, I I know there's so many things you were excited to talk about. Do you know what might be a really fun place to kind of wrap up on is a little bit of a lesson on um, emotional connection, because no matter what someone sells, no matter what they're doing on Etsy right now, whether they're interested in pursuing print on demand or not, understanding that piece is, it's all valuable to everybody. But that piece is really easy for people to connect the dots of like, yes, I need to work on that. Would, do, you, do you agree? Would that be a cool place to kind of wrap up? Sure. So a couple things on this. The first thing is what we know for sure is that emotion equals sales. Emotion is what creates sales. A lot of people think, oh, no, it's they just, things that people think are cute create sales. And it's like, yeah, 
but stuff that they think are cute or funny or expressive in some way about something that's important to them, like the feminist niche or something that all has an emotional connection. It's all about, especially if we're talking about t-shirts, you're expressing something. If you're wearing it, there's an expression happening. An expression is about emotion. It's about feeling. It's about a vibe. And so emotion is what is creating the dollar signs. And so if you can understand the emotional underlying current of any trend, right? So let's take, I always use cottagecore as an example, because cottagecore, it's going nowhere and it's been huge since 2020. The underlying emotional current there is it's cozy. It's kind of organic and natural feeling. It's foresty. It's very like kind of grandma vibes, but in like a cabiny cute way that any, anybody of any age really likes. And so it connects with people in that way and it makes them feel something specifically and really good designers. Mega sellers are people that understand how to create designs that have that underlying current that when somebody looks at it, they feel a certain way and it connects with whatever that trend is. Emotions are what most people overlook. They're like, well, it's the technical aspects of the demand. Show me how to like do the spacing or whatever. And that's important too. Aesthetically, the design should look good, but it's more so about the message. And so I teach people how to simply create designs. I had a bestseller that made me tens of thousands of dollars. That was two words and an outline. It was all white. There, were, there weren't even colors. It was all white. It was a word, an outline, and another word. And it sold as a bestseller for like three years. It was insane. It was because the underlying emotional connection of it was so powerful that it kept people buying forever and ever. And it was not complex in the least. So if you can understand that, and I think the best way is, is to teach people to spend more time as a buyer. Because if you spend more time as a buyer, go on Etsy and look for like any type of shirt that would appeal to you. Maybe it's like the cowgirl niche or maybe it's, um, you know, any any sort of trend that appeals to you specifically. Maybe like goth people want to look at like. You know what? The Christian niche is insane. I think if you really want to, if you want to see people killing that. Yes. What you're talking. Emotional connection. They do it so well. Yeah. The faith-based niche is incredible, especially for like trend combining. But yeah, become a shopper. Just type anything in and then notice why you click on what you're clicking on. Mm. Notice what you're drawn to and why. And you can't be just like, well, I thought it was cute. Yeah, but why did you think it was cute? What was the underlying emotion that you felt? What was it that that shirt expressed that would make you want to wear that shirt? And think about your connection to it and kind of break it down. So I think the thing that could help most people and is the easiest and fastest thing to do is just get on Etsy and be a shopper and pay attention to what you're doing and why. Be very self-aware. Everything you click on, everything you're paying attention to, think, why did I click on that? Why did I pay attention to it? And that kind of gives you this, this really incredible insight into how you can improve as a seller. Because it's like, well, if I felt that when I saw this, I could create something that would make other people feel that way too. And then you start making all of these really cool connections. And now you're serving the shoppers. You're not serving yourself as a seller. You're serving the buyer market, which is the people who are buying your products. So you better be serving them and understanding them and thinking like them in order to better get in their shoes and give them what they're actually looking for. We're all on the edges of our seats, Brittany. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, give me, I, I like a muse, like just give me more or like a, or those Germanic princesses on the rocks that lured sailors. That's how, a siren, that's the word. Um, 
Okay, if if someone is listening and they're just like, wow, their mind is they they just know that you have the piece that they're missing. They're they can because you know what? It's something you're gonna feel in your in your gut that this is it. How does someone get the full Be a Wolf experience? Like, where should someone start to go into Brittany Bootcamp? Yes. Uh, so I always tell people I have my offers in a very specific way. I, I tell people to join my master course, Top Seller Secret first, because it, because it is your strategic foundation. I have other offers, but they act as the building blocks, the bricks that go on top of the foundation. So if you're trying to build an overall Etsy empire, you're going to need a really strong foundation first. And that's what Top Seller Secret is in. Uh, the rest, like my Wolf School membership, Research Revolution that I mentioned, people can jump in that before they jump into Top Seller Secret. They can get any of my offers. All of them are going to help them and none of them are too advanced for new people. But um, Top Seller Secret is your foundation that stuff is going to kind of uh, fall through if you don't have your solid foundation. So the other stuff will help you. But Top Seller Secret is where every single person should begin. Okay. So I will make sure that their links are in the show notes so people can just click over um, and I can list them. I can list them for you as well. That's no, and with the, with the hall of fame, because your stories are unbelievably, they're, so uh, they're enchanting. And then it, you know, your, your free content is incredible. I never get tired of listening to you. Where are some of the best places for people to follow you just on the interwebs and, and listen to yeah. you? Yeah, so I'm very active on Instagram. That's where you'll see me the most. Be a wolf biz, B-E-A-W-O-L-F-B-I-Z. And then you can also search Be a Wolf Biz on Instagram. And I have a free mastermind Facebook group uh, with, I think there's almost 6,000 members in there now. There's a lot of people at all different levels of seller experience. And you can use it as a really great resource to ask questions. You can tag me if you if you need help, like choosing what offer you want to get into. You can ask me directly in there. Um, it's it's very very useful and a really positive, incredible community. So definitely, Instagram and Facebook are the top two. Okay, I will make sure all of that is linked. I love your Facebook group. It, there's a lot of wisdom in there, it's and incredible. it's not nasty like some of the others. I recently started one uh, in December because I got so sick of just them being such a suck of energy and killing people's motivation. So yours is, I should have given you props before this. Yours is one of the most positive places for sure. Yeah, that's by design. And I, and I think um, people are horrified of me most of the time. They know they're that too I'm scared. They know that I won't. And not only do they know I don't tolerate it, they know I will call them out publicly and shame them for their um, for their tomfoolery if they act up. So everybody is very well behaved. I'd say that I have to moderate it like crazy, but I don't like I very rarely have to moderate anything. It's just the vibe. People in my world, they get the vibe and, and it and it works really well. You know, you're going to get called out. A podcast, Wolf Moves Only on any anywhere you can listen to podcasts. I'll make sure. I really, when I first found you, I binged Wolf Moves Only and I loved it. Um, I think that the way you've repurposed like interviews on there, it's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And like, especially if you're on the go and you need to just listen, because otherwise we need to, we want to watch you. Like on Instagram, yeah. I like to watch, you know, I don't want to just listen on the background, but the Wolf Moves Only is perfect for that. Yeah, you can listen in the car, you can, you know, whatever. Working out or whatever. Yeah, you're for sure fired up enough to work out too. <laughs> That's good to know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you so much for, for being here, for coming back, for sharing your wisdom. This is such a, what you know what I love is this is a completely different conversation than last time. You can't even compare. It really it. was. Yeah, we, we did that. that was we tried to do it on purpose, but I feel like we exceeded expectations. It really went. 
It was fun, but it's always a joy and a privilege. And um, I'm always, I feel very comfortable sending anyone your way. You're doing amazing work. I love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. I'll come on anytime you want. Oh, thank you. I'll take you up on that. So guys, thank you. If you've gotten this far, as I'm sure you have, because we're all just, again, on the edge of our seats. Um, Thank you for being with us today. I love you to pieces. And until next week, go make something awesome. Keep out of mischief and I'll talk to you soon. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.